From the banks of the Colorado River in Lake Mead to the homes and businesses in Southern Nevada, welcome to Water Smarts, the podcast pumping from the heart of Las Vegas, where we engage with the experts who keep the water flowing throughout Southern Nevada. I'm Bronson Mack. And I'm Crystal Zelke. From how we treat it, deliver it, use it, protect it, and conserve it, the Water Smarts podcast is all about water in Southern Nevada. We hope to make you a little smarter about the one thing that keeps us all connected, water. Hey, Crystal, how are you? I'm doing good, Bronson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, I was thinking every year at the end of the year, they always do like the year-end retrospective, right? Looking back on the year at all the crazy things that happened or monumental things that occurred, right? And I was thinking about it. And the first thing that popped into my head was, oh, in 2023, we had a tropical storm that actually hit Mount Charleston. Yeah. I remember when that first, like this, there was like news and I was getting alerts that there was going to be a tropical storm. And I'm like, there's not going to be, I mean, we live in Southern Nevada. There's not going to be a storm of that magnitude. And I remember just giving a kind of a, you know, not worried about it. And I think they were like, the county and the city, like other agencies were handing out sandbags. And I was like, do I need one? And then I woke up in the middle of the night and water was seeping through my ceiling fan. because Oh, it was when the tropical so storm came through. It came through. Tropical storm Hillary, she came through my ceiling fan and woke me up at five in the morning. <laughs> Had a leak. That That is a lovely wake up call. You actually got off a little easy. I mean, obviously nobody likes damage to their home, but You think about what those residents of Kyle Canyon and Mount Charleston had to go through from the flooding, from the access, from all of the property damage. And with us today to talk about how the Las Vegas Valley Water District responded to that Kyle Canyon emergency and worked to get that water system back online, we have Aaron Gamble and Tom Burns joining us from the Las Vegas Valley Water District. Aaron and Tom, welcome to the Water Smarts podcast. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're really glad to have both of you. I mean, listen, man, you guys are out there in the field day in, day out, helping to make sure that everybody that depends upon water from the Las Vegas Valley Water District has a reliable water system. So I'm really glad we get to highlight some of the great work you and your teams were able to do up there in Kyle Canyon, along with all of the other first responders. Now, Aaron, you're the small systems supervisor for the water district, and Tom is in the inspections department and an inspections supervisor for the water district, and both of you responded to this. But Aaron, I want to start with you because as the small systems superintendent, you were one of the first people that responded to that emergency up there after Tropical Storm Hillary hit. So can you just share with our listeners when you first got that call about Kyle Canyon and how did you and others from the Las Vegas Valley Water District, how how did you respond that first day to that emergency? Yeah, so I received a phone call about 2 a.m. in the morning from uh, one of the SCADA operators saying that they were seeing storage tanks that were dropping up in the Kyle Canyon area. We weren't really sure what was causing the issue. You know, he had turned on wells to try to keep the system in pressure, but we were still losing water. So had to get dressed real quick, got on the phone and actually called the distribution department and they dispatched one of their crew leaders that's on call. And I reached out to one of our rural system operators who specializes up in that area and got him dispatched where he started to head into work. And we all just started heading up the hill. It's about a 45 minute to hour drive for us to get up there from where all of us were located. And so So as we- you, You get the call at 2 a.m. 
You then rally your team. You report to the water district. When you get that call, you said you got it from a SCADA operator. Just help our audience know, what's a SCADA operator? Who's that? So SCADA stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. And so they monitor pressures, tank levels, everything that's going on, the health of the systems throughout the valley and in the several small water systems that we maintain and operate. Got it, right? So these guys have eyes on the water system. They're operating, monitoring that system. They see there's an issue, 2 a.m., you get pinged. You rally your team as you guys all come in, get your vehicles, get your equipment, and you start heading up to Kyle Canyon. And all of that is before sunrise. Do I have that about right? Correct. Most of us got there right around three o'clock or slightly after three o'clock in the morning. You know, we're each in separate vehicles because obviously all of us are getting to the yard to get work vehicles at different times. As I'm driving up the road, from my perspective, I'm just watching a river running down a wash that I've never seen that level of water going through before. And Aaron, that's a rural road, right? This is a mountain road that is going up to Mount Charleston. And you're seeing a river of water flowing right back towards you as you're trying to make your way up that road? Yes. And as you're driving, I mean, you're seeing this water and you're actually seeing it starting to erode the bank on the side of the road as well. And is uh, that erodes away? What's what's downhill? It's, it's a long drop or is it just a short little skid? No big deal. No, you're probably talking over 10 feet in some areas. So pretty treacherous then, and this water was beginning to undermine the highway, getting you guys, getting everybody, not just the water district, but all of the first responders up there that morning. Correct. So as we, you know, as we get up there, you can start seeing more and more damage. I got up to one of the subdivisions and the road's impassable. There's so much water going across the roadway. It's just covered in debris. So I had to turn around, drove back and met up with the fire department and met up with the member from our distribution crew who had arrived. And we just kind of kept driving back and forth, trying to wait to see at what point we could get access to the area that we knew had some damage to it to try to locate it. And we were just unable to do that. It was just too much water. And so we did end up just having to go back down and drive back to the fire station and just wait it out. So we've all seen that video footage. I know there was like drone footage or helicopter footage showing all that water that was flowing down the canyon and washing out the roads. As you said, it was understandably intense and looked dangerous. So no one could make any repairs until that flooding actually stopped. Aaron, how did you ensure that you and the crew were safe while the water was washing out roads right in front of you? And what did you do while you waited for the floods to stop? So once we decided it was just not safe for us to be traveling up the road, I mean, we, we drove down one section of the road, and when we came back by, we saw a portion of the road had actually washed away. And that's when the decision was, where, wherever you were at, you need to get to the safest spot and just wait. Two of us ended up at the fire station, and we just sat there with the fire department and members of their staff and just had to watch as water came running through one of the subdivisions directly in front of us. You know, there was so much water, it had knocked propane tanks off of their foundation so you could smell propane all around. As we were sitting in the fire station, we were hearing residents' phone calls coming into the fire station asking for help. And we were watching as the fire department and firefighters would say, do you need us to come and check on you? And we were hearing the distress in people's voices. It was something I've never experienced before. And watching the fire department just, yes, you need us, we're, we're coming. And uh, watching them go out and, and help them was, was really amazing. 
And then there is some cabins that are up there. And uh, the fire department ended up asking if we would be available to actually help transport some of the people that were staying at the cabins down the hill to a safe location at the resort down below. You know, I had to reach out. This is not something that obviously we deal with on a daily basis. You know, I reached out to management, asked them whether we were allowed to actually do that. They approved and said, yes, do what you need to do to get these people out of there. And so we went up and helped pick up those people vacationing and with the fire department, transported them down the hill and then waited so we could do some other assessments of the system. Wow, Aaron, I mean, helping people evacuate is not really one of the responses you're particularly trained for, right? Certainly helping the water system, you bet. But helping people to evacuate from a flood area, I'm sure that felt pretty good to be able to provide that assistance and and additional support to those residents and customers that we serve in that area. So, Aaron, what came next? You know, some of the roads have washed away. Uh, I know there were power lines that were down there. You talked about there were propane issues. Some of the water infrastructure was damaged. So once the storm cleared and you could get out there, what happened next? That's when we had to start really going out and evaluating and assessing the system itself and seeing where all the breaks were. You know, we we luck out. We have a really good relationship with a lot of the residents. And so we had residents who were in areas we couldn't get to who were able to actually take pictures and tell us, hey, we see a section of your water main that's exposed in this area here. But to get to a lot of those spots, as we were waiting for roadways to be cleared, we had several departments that went out and just started hiking. And you had to hike into these remote areas that are remote, even when the weather is good and access is better. But yeah, hiking over down trees and rocks that had been moved and going into these areas and finding where areas were damaged so that we could start making plans to do our repairs. Yeah, because you can't begin your repairs until you know what repairs are needed to be done. And you can't begin to make those assessments until you can lay eyes on it. And with all of the washed out roadways and debris and everything else that made access extremely limited, if not unavailable at all, your guys actually did some hiking in there to lay eyes on this so that we could then begin to get these assessments done to try and quickly bring up sections of the water system and bring it back online. Is that about right? That's that's correct. I mean, we really lucked out Clark County crews went up there and really started clearing roads. Nevada Department of Transportation had their crews up there clearing the the highway, getting up to there. We had uh, groups that brought in a generator to run one of our wells that, you know, in one of the subdivisions that was not damaged. So we could at least provide water still in one area. But to be very cautious, we issued uh, boil water notices right off the bat. And I mean, that involved our, you know, our customer care department, our public outreach We brought in a water trailer to actually provide potable water for people because we weren't 100% sure, even in the subdivision that didn't sustain damage, we didn't know if anything had contaminated that section of uh, the community as well. So we wanted to be very, very cautious on that. So you've got some sections of the water system that are down completely. You've got other sections or subdivisions of Kyle Canyon where the water system is still operable, but everybody is under a boil water order. So nobody should be drinking that tap water directly without boiling it first. You brought in potable drinking water as well through tanker trucks, making that available for residents. Uh, I assume they were filling their own jugs and containers in order to have that drinking water available to them within their homes. Yes, they were. We also actually hauled up bottles of water for residents as well that they could come and pick up from over at like the fire department. We tried to spread them out into the, each of the different subdivisions, minimizing the amount of travel people had to do to get to safe drinking water while we made our assessments. 
It sounds like there are just a lot of moving parts happening very quickly. And the storm didn't just hit a small section of the road or just one neighborhood. You know, in Mount Charleston, there's several communities. It shut down water and power to almost the entire community up there. I imagine you couldn't just jump in and fix any damage to the water system that was caused by the storm. So, Aaron and Tom, how do you go about fixing nearly an entire water system while other agencies are up there and they're working to restore the power and repair roads and clear the debris out of the streets? It sounds like there had to be a lot of coordination between various utilities, public agencies, and private sector businesses, all while keeping the residents safe and informed. Well, we had a lot of conversations every single day, you know, both internally with our internal groups and also with the external agencies. We had to start making plans for our repairs immediately without knowing everything that was damaged and how it would affect something else. But we you know, we got water quality testing in there for the subdivision that still had water. Water quality went out, started pulling samples throughout that subdivision to confirm that everything was safe so we could try to rem- get the boil water notices removed for them as soon as possible. We met with the Clark County staff. We worked with them. They cleared the road in an amazing amount of time. They were very fast at doing those repairs and getting the road cleared. But it also didn't make sense for them to start building up the roads. You know, residents are wanting to know when they can get in and out of areas. And for the county to go in there and redo the road and then pave it for us to come right behind and have to dig a trench. And it doesn't make sense. There was a lot of coordination with the different agencies so that we could actually get up there, do the repairs that we needed to do and have them come in behind us. So there was a, a lot of coordination when it came to that. We also have to work with the Forest Service. Some of our tanks, are they are up in areas you don't have access to. It's a dirt road. We have an easement with the Forest Service. And a lot of our mains are also located out in the middle of the forest. And so for us to do repairs, you're constantly talking to them, letting them know what the impact is, where can we actually uh, start access to get to those sites. And as we would fix things, you know, we would fix one thing and start to bring water online. And we would find that there was another spot that was broken. Every day there was constant coordination on, okay, this is fixed. We're up to here. Now we need to work on this section here. And luckily we have amazing groups that can look at a a system as a whole and say, okay, we can redirect water from this area here, uh, reroute it. We can leave this section of pipeline out right now while we can start feeding water and getting ready to do flushing and bring the system back online. Wow. So obviously... A lot of coordination happening with these agencies. You've got hundreds of property owners, many of them full-time residents, although some of them part-time residents within that Kyle Canyon area, but you've got hundreds of properties that are without water. You've got a couple hundred properties that are under boil water water, even though they have water that is being provided to them and is hitting the taps, they've got to boil it before they can drink it because of the damage to the system. Now, with that and with all of that first response, I want to bring you into this, Tom, with what you've been doing as far as the repair side and getting all of these repairs completed up in Kyle Canyon in order to get service restored. Why don't you just help our listeners understand a little bit about that coordination? I I know there was quite a bit that you had to do on with Envy Energy and plenty of others. Yeah, so we came in towards the the end of August. We brought in our emergency on-call contractor, Las Vegas Paving. They responded very quickly. They pulled a crew off of the F1 work going on downtown, brought them up on the mountain right before uh, Labor Day weekend, got all their equipment. They mobilized all kinds of parts and pieces, had everything staged up in Old Town. And I know our work up there, we are pretty much the only underground utility. So we had to wait for Nevada Power to fix all of their down power lines and make the area safe and kind of passable before we could even get in there to do our work. 
Once we got the green light from the Nevada Power, we were able to go through and assess the damage for ourselves and come up with a game plan on what we needed to fix. Kind of went in a, into it, looking at it as a worst case scenario, that everything was damaged and we're probably going to have to replace everything. With that, Las Vegas Paving made sure they had more than enough parts and pieces to do, like replace the entire system if that's what needed to happen. Fortunately, things turned out well and we didn't have to replace the entire system, but the majority of our damaged areas were in Old Town, completely wiped out two of our water lines. So the residents in Old Town, they were completely out of water. They had nothing they would be even able to boil at the time. So we extended the work hours. We were up there working from the sun up to sundown and working six days a week to try to get the residents back into water as fast as we could. But yeah, there was a ton of coordination that took place between NDOT, the school district, the library district that was up there, Clark County, worked closely with them to make sure they didn't come in, interfere with our work, and we didn't interfere with what they had going on. But yeah, it was just a ton of coordination to make sure the wheels kept going smoothly down the road. So Aaron and Tom, you know, organizations like the Water District often step back after an emergency and do a debrief or a summary to look at what could have been done better and to ensure that staff is properly trained for the next crisis because it's not always a matter of if, it's usually when, it will happen. Looking back at the Kyle Canyon emergency, what would you say could be seen as opportunities or positive outcomes? What what did you take away from this crisis? To be honest with you, I mean, everything uh, in the end actually went very well. We had every day, every morning, we had coordination meeting with all of the different groups with distribution. I spoke with public information to keep them in the loop a couple times a week so, so they could provide updates to the residents. And even while we were up there working, we talked to the residents you know, daily to kind of keep them informed on what was going on. And overall, we were able to get the water back on earlier than we had planned. And you know, I think everything went fairly well. Maybe the initial coordination at the very beginning could have been a little bit better, but uh, I think everything went pretty good. So uh, one silver lining that actually took place is we were able to update some of the older infrastructure that was uh, part of the water system up in Old Town, especially on Alpine, and also a good portion of Echo Road up in the Echo subdivision. We were able to update that to the uh, latest and greatest standards that the water district uh, installs. And to date, I would say 80 to 85% of the system has now been upgraded. So that was one good thing that came out of this. One of the other things that I found was a silver lining as well was the ability for us to actually test some of these sections and pressure test them and check them for leaks. You know, these are lines that we can't shut down at any time without putting people without water. And so being able to test these lines, we were able to actually find a leak at one of the sites that potentially had been there for a very long time. So when we took over operational control of the Kyle Canyon water system decades ago, you know, the system was older, needed a lot of work. Um, There was considerable leaks throughout the system. And back when we took it over, we were able to uh, upgrade the system to, you know, more modern standards and eliminate uh, quite a few of those leaks. However, you know, some of the system that ran between the different communities up there were in, you know, heavily forested areas, not easily accessible. So with this event, we were able to go up and actually test some of these older water lines that we had never been able to assess before. So that was another silver lining. No, that is good because, yeah, you think about where some of those water lines are in that area. You said they are like in the wooded area, the forested area. I mean, these aren't areas where you can just really get a backhoe in there with a whole lot of ease and do excavation. The topography, the trees, just the natural environment up there really does make it a significant challenge to make those kinds of repairs to those portions of the infrastructure that is in that undeveloped portion of of the community. You know, during this event, we really got to see the best out of a lot of people. 
residents were able to see firsthand the quality and dedication of the water district's staff. It was not uncommon for residents to frequently approach our staff to tell them thank you. And it became where residents would actually come up and compliment employees and their interactions to me directly. And they would know the employees by name. The Las Vegas Valley Water District, it's an amazing organization. It's because of the people that actually make up the organization. You know, I don't think there was a single department that didn't have some sort of role in the response and recovery process. And without everybody's dedication, this would not have been able to be accomplished, not just internally, but we also got to see, you know, all these different agencies, Forest Service, the Clark County Road Department, NDOT, Envy Energy, the Clark County School District, and the Clark County Emergency Management and the library district as well, worked with each other. You learned what the different people and supervisors' names were. You, My phone has so many more phone numbers to these people in these groups. And sometimes it was easier just to go directly to that person and say, hey, you have people that are working in this area right now. It's impeding the work that we need to get done. Is there any way you can kind of pull back? And that was a two-way street where we would interact with each other. And, and this is going to be something that helps us. Hopefully, we never have a crisis like this again. But it will help us to have that that bond. You know, when you see each other and you, and you go through things like this, it's people you're never going to forget. Well, certainly a delicate dance between all of the agencies responding to the emergency on the mountain. A critical issue, no water service. It took about 10 weeks for all water service to be restored while some customers were able to begin receiving water service within the first week or so. It was a total of 10 weeks in order to get this entire emergency completed and new infrastructure installed for the residents in Kyle Canyon. Aaron and Tom, thank you so much for joining us here on the Water Smarts podcast and sharing everything that you and your crews did, as well as what other agencies did up there to help the residents of Kyle Canyon in their time of need and make sure that they continue to have reliable water service for years to come. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, thanks Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Well, Crystal, it's not all that often that we get to talk about some of the smaller, more rural water systems that we serve here in Southern Nevada. But Kyle Canyon, you know, in this amazing flood that they had, and I don't mean to make light of it because the damage was so significant, but I mean, when do you have a tropical storm hit a mountain community anywhere? I mean, I guess this is climate change, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, living in Southern Nevada, we just don't deal with this really at all. You know, I mean, we get monsoons most of the time and we deal with that. But this was a very different storm for us that had a very different impact on people. Yeah. And, you know, it hit in the middle of the night. Obviously, a lot of first responders getting that call during those overnight hours and, and getting up there. Obviously, the evacuations that occurred to get people out some harrowing situations there. You know, it's about 400 customers that are in Kyle Canyon. And as I had said, some of them are full-time residents. Some of them are part-time residents. But certainly those full-time residents, when this all went down, they really didn't have anywhere else to go. This is their home. This is where they live. They were now without water service. They were now without a lot of critical services. I mean, even access to and from their properties was extremely challenging for weeks. I just can't imagine everything that they went through. But as both Tom and Aaron indicated, nice response from the residents. They understood the situation. They were all very helpful and and very communicative. I mean, there was a lot of communication between not just the agencies, but with the residents too. And I think that went a long way in helping move this response along and and really getting the good outcome. Because Crystal, 
we were racing against the weather. You know, once yeah. we started hitting that first snowpack, the ground begins to freeze, the digging and excavation becomes more challenging, if not impossible. And, you know, from our timeline, we felt we were going to be pretty hard pressed to try and get everything done and get everyone back in water service by Thanksgiving. However, because of the good work and the coordination that was done, we were able to get everybody back in water service after Halloween. So it was a good outcome there. Yeah. And I, that just goes back to that coordination and how important it is to work with other agencies because there were so many different people there and stakeholders, if you will, that were invested in this and trying to get everything back up and running. So that just goes to speak to that communication, that daily effort. Everybody had a goal and they worked on it together. Yeah. And look, this is what you pay your water bill for, right? You pay your water bill for the service and the reliability when issues like this happen. Your water utility is there. Don't think that first responders do not also include your water utility personnel. Well, that's it for this episode here on the Water Smarts Podcast. We hope you subscribe and listen next time. And if you have any questions, feel free to send them our way. You can email them to us at watersmarts at snwa.com. That's watersmarts at snwa.com. We'll get back to you with an answer, and you might even hear your question on a future episode. We'll see you here next time on Water Smarts. Every day, millions of gallons of water are delivered throughout Las Vegas. And through continued conservation and investment, your dollars help the water district meet water demands, even during extreme drought conditions. From SNWA's low lake level pumping station at Lake Mead to thousands of miles of pipes, your investment helps operate, maintain, and repair our community's water system. And it's that 24-7 reliability that enables economic success for Southern Nevada. Your investment, your water. Use it responsibly. Learn more at LVVWD.com.